Welcome. First of all, welcome everyone to this live radio show. Let's talk about. Um, if you are with us live, then I really recommend that if you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments and we will try to answer as many of them today at the end of the interview. Today, I have the honor of having with us the wonderful Elaine Young. Thank you for being here with us, Elaine. Thank you for inviting me to talk about something that I love to talk about. Yes. So we're happy to hear from you. And we're talking today about self-pleasure. So let's dive straight in and um, tell us what is self-pleasure? And I guess the big topic of this whole, this whole uh, vibe is how, how is it different from masturbating? How is it different from what we have been brought up to believe to be self-pleasure? Hmm. So for me, self-pleasure is self-love, self-connection, self-knowledge, um, self-compassion, um, intimacy with the self, which I think until we can establish that, it's actually incredibly difficult to establish any of those things with anyone else in our lives. So it's interesting when people used to come to me for sessions with issues in the relationship, the first thing I would say is, how is your connection to yourself? Mm. And some of them would get that and be like, ah. Oh. And others would be like, well, what does that have to do with it? No, I'm here to sort out my relationship with my partner. Right. So, you know, if you do not, if you're not able to form and have a healthy relationship with yourself, it's, it's difficult. Um, and many things like projection and, and, and codependency and attachment, all these things develop because we're getting our needs met externally with little knowledge of ourselves. So for me, self-pleasure is not necessarily, um, you know, how we might think of like touching ourselves erotically, playing with our genitals, going towards orgasm. It can be anything from hugging yourself to saying kind words to yourself, to having a sensual massage with yourself. Right. Um, and so I think the idea that, that it is only focused on sexual energy. And when I've given many talks on self-pleasuring, one of the slides I have is like, you know, what is masturbation? What is self-pleasuring? What is the difference? And I normally ask like the group to tell me. And, and most of the time when people get asked that question, if they have some awareness, they say things like um, self-pleasuring is less goal orientated, which is okay. true. So okay. quite often masturbation is focused at an outcome. Mm -hmm. um, self-pleasuring involves touch of the whole body and connections to the emotions rather than just the connection and focus on the genitals. Um, but mainly the, the difference is what's the motivation and what's the intention. So if my intention is to, to make love with my body in a way that is nurturing, rejuvenating, that is loving, um, versus I want some form of sensation, orgasm, stress relief, often related to masturbation, um, use of fantasy, use of pornography, often related to masturbation. And I don't want to shame it because actually it's only a name and some people might masturbate in a way that's actually very beautiful for their body. So it's important not to get tied up with the names, but um, interestingly, the word masturbation has roots in some Latin and some Italian words that mean things like uh, self-abuse uh hmm. manual stupidity is one of them so um there's been a, a shaming of masturbation from churches religions etc so um there's an energy tied up with that so i prefer to talk about self-pleasuring right this this makes me think about um all of the unhealthy conditionings we have received from our upbringing from pornography from bedroom shame not speaking about sex enough how do you think this has affected the way we treat our bodies? Mm. There's like multi layers of conditioning, you know, um, religious conditioning, cultural conditioning, right. uh, media conditioning, um, 
also there's there's a number of things built into us as human beings that have a have the effect of us resisting pleasure and that can be tied up with beliefs around that it's um it's egotistical or it's selfish that can be tied up with the fact that actually we have a very low capacity in our body for feeling pleasure you know like many people say when I get into pleasure, something comes in and shuts me down. And that can be, a, there's as much of a fear of pleasure as there is a desire of it, a fear of losing ourselves, you know? So we have these pleasure limits. Also, you know, the, the very um, old fashioned conditioning of um, pleasure is not saintly or it's not spiritual, you know, or we believe that actually somehow life Life is meant to be um, hard and full of punishment so we can have judgments about hedonism and people, you know, um, indulging themselves in pleasure. Whereas I, I, I believe myself and I think it's important to, to say that pleasure is not frivolous and it's not extra, it's not a luxury. Actually, pleasure in all its forms is a, a way for us to nurture and to re revive our body. It's like a medicine. It's a way to pray and connect with spirit if that resonates with you. Yeah. So I think that the conditioning has led us to treat our bodies. Um, well, first of all, in all societies, almost around the world, perhaps apart from some indigenous cultures, we have an epidemic of disembodiment. So most human beings are not actually in their bodies. Most people are walking around thinking this is who they are. Mm. So first of all, we're not connected. So it's led to this disconnection from the body for all kinds of reasons, because of um, body, body shame, because of past trauma, because of living in the head too much. Um, so we're not in our body. So it, we ignore them or we actually abuse them. So when we talk about coming to the body and understanding our sexuality, um, many people say, well, you know, nothing's happened to me. I, I've never been abused. I've never been uh, assaulted. I don't understand why my body's reacting this way towards pleasure. Right. And in fact, often I say every one of us has some form of abuse and, and maybe that self-abuse, the way we touch ourselves is demanding, is not loving. And the, the situations we put ourselves in with others when we're not actually in full consent is all of these things happening to our body that yeah. the body is not a yes to. So it's led to us overriding the body, ignoring the body, um, trading the body with others for what we want to get, most often trading sex for love. Um, so, yeah, it's had a huge effect on how we treat our bodies. And I'm sure many, many people can relate to that being in intimate situations that they're not a full hell yes there and um, really going through that with themselves and kind of numbing themselves in some way. Like I can say for myself, that's definitely something that I had to go through mm. to understand that it's even happening. I didn't even realize that, you know? Yeah, we're almost taught, particularly, um, I don't want to get into gender, sort of um, separation because it's things, most things are true for everyone, but there is a certain amount of historically, there's been a certain amount of belief in some cultures that, that sex is for men and it's something that people mm -hmm. in female bodies tolerate, you know, um, and that's, wow. you know, thankfully not so true now as it used to be, but, but historically there was a lot of, of that belief and that, somehow women had to be the the guardians um of the um of the virtue you know um so there's been i think more shame connected with sexual desire um uh, from those more traditionally in um female um, bodies and in the roles of the, yeah. the wife and the mother you know right so let's go a little bit deeper into self-connection self-pleasuring what would you say why would you say it's important? And what would you say are the main benefits of having a good, healthy relationship with yourself? Mm. So it's important, firstly, because it will bring you greater embodiment and, and everyone needs more embodiment. There will be more access to your true feelings, to your true likes and dislikes if you're actually in your body rather than living in your head. Um, it, will help you to understand what your body likes 
and that will help you to communicate with others what your body likes we sometimes think people should be able to read our mind you know like how many times right. have we been in a connection and someone's doing something and we're like we really don't like it but we won't say and we're hoping they change to something else you know yeah. and or a partner says hey what would you like and we're like actually i have no idea so you learn about your own body you can communicate better with others if if sexual pleasure and arousal was a muscle like a bicep we would we would want to train it and take it to the gym so right. that when we want to use it, it it worked better so right. there's also like the whole thing of you know this body is an instrument and and playing it regularly and keeping it alive um is is another main benefit one thing that i observe and i observe in myself and others when people are have a good connection for self-pleasuring they're not connecting with others to get their needs met so much because they have access to running sexual energy and feeling it on their own if you're not able to do that there's like um it's like a, a a need a negative charge in your being that needs to go and meet someone else in order to feel that energy so it can affect how and why and where we have connections. Mm. Um, and also it can sometimes put other people off because they can feel like this big drain of like, yeah. you know. I need. <laughs> so when you meet people who can self-pleasure, you feel like there's a vibrancy. Like imagine if people were atoms, you know, someone with a good self-pleasure would be walking around with lots of positive little charges. Then they go and play with someone else right. with positive charges. If you're not, then there's like this negative charge of no connection, no sexual energy, and you need to someone to, you know, bring you some positive energy. So um, that's some of the benefits. I also believe, and it's true that there's been, there's new areas of research in, um, in immunology that look at actually running the pleasure hormones through your body creates greater immunity, supports white cell um, numbers, you know, leads to, in fact, happiness leads to better health and, 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 and longer life, whatever, you know, happiness has many definitions and the capacity for pleasure in the body. And also, as I, as I really uh, have learned so much from working with different levels of pleasure, it's not just the sexual pleasure. It's can you, can you play? Can you have pleasurable thoughts? Can you connect with pleasure in your emotions, you know? can you connect with your sensuality and and mostly firstly the base do you feel safe in your body right. because if you don't feel safe in your body you can't you know you will not have access to pleasure um you'll go into tolerating and enduring touch whether that's someone else or yourself so those are the 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 main benefits and the second part of the question can you remind me what that was just um, what are the main benefits? So I think you've mentioned quite a lot of them right now. Yeah. Um, so you've already mentioned that the orgasm is not the goal of self-pleasuring. So what would you say is the main reason for that? Hmm. I mean, you also just mentioned that connecting to the self knowing yeah. what it feels like for me to feel pleasure and then being able to communicate that. Mm. The reason why I would say it's good to have the, the awareness that orgasm is not the goal is if you have already a predestined destination, i.e. destination orgasm, then right. all that you're doing in the self-pleasuring is attempting to get to that goal. Right. So it's, it comes back to the principle of like being in the now and experiencing something just for the joy of it. And when I teach people to develop a mindful self-pleasuring practice, one of the first things I say is take out orgasm. Right. Because if you think that zero is no arousal, 10 is orgasm, and you generally go one, two, three, nine, 10. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't even know what five and six and seven are like. Right. And actually, there's a lot of pleasure in the full spectrum of um, of pleasure, not just this kind of, and I, I had seriously unhealthy masturbation um, um, habits myself, which is one of the reasons why I understand it and work with it so much. And I really understand that 
there can be this dim demand on the body to get stress relief, to get the hormone download. Um, and actually, not only does our mind take it over, but our neurology is wired to fast track to what gives us orgasm. And so actually, it's not that orgasm is a bad thing in itself, but actually it's like what you miss on the way because you're so busy trying to get there. Right. Also, if you imagine that you're self-pleasuring and you, you have a session and you're at a beautiful seven or eight and you complete there and you then go on to your day where you're filled with this right. energy that is, you know, you take into your creativity, into your life, into your, you know, as opposed to every time I self-pleasure, I orgasm and then I come down into this slump, which often has this kind of bit of a downer. Right. And then I take myself off into my life. So, I mean, in many um, traditions, uh, Tantra, Taoist practices, and, and, and many Chinese um, internal arts tell us that if we can learn to run and hold energy in the body and rather than discharge it, but live in this place, it's a, it's a much healthier place to be. It doesn't mean we have to run around horny all the time, which is another distortion of, you know, right being sexually free. Um, it just means that we, we have this um, energy that we can use for other things because because sexual energy is life force energy. It's creative energy. Um, hmm. You mentioned time. And for me, <laughs> I feel yeah. like this is also a very big difference between the two is that the self-pleasuring, it, it takes more time. Do you, do you notice that too? Like, rather than the fast track orgasm but to really pay attention to my body and to really soften into touching myself and really feeling how I react to myself mm. that takes more time to put in my in my calendar yeah and that's most often when I ask the questions to groups of people you know what are the challenges if you said okay from tomorrow, I'm not going to masturbate. I'm only going to self-pleasure. Why would it be difficult? And almost the first thing that comes up is time. Right. You know, it's like time, the time that it takes. And it's true that it does often need more time. It's also true that actually sometimes 10 minutes of touching your body, holding your genitals, touching your heart, breathing, actually can be a short time. So I think it's important to understand that it, it doesn't always have to be some big two hour chunk of your life. Right. That actually little and often is also very good for the body. So it's important to find ways where you can just, you know, cop and hold yourself and breathe and feel um, for short periods of time. Yeah. With regards to you know, it takes a long period for like a, what we would think is maybe a full, sensual, erotic session with ourselves. Right. I, I asked the question, why not? Why is it not a priority? So if tomorrow some amazing hot lover showed up in your life and they said, I'd like to spend two hours with you, would you find the time? Most people would do their best to find the time. Okay. Yeah. So we will do that. But why is it hard for us to consider doing that for ourselves? Yeah. And this is to do with our perception of deserving of many people are bored and don't find themselves that sexually interesting or attractive and really don't feel pleasure unless it was someone else. So, um, yes, it's true. It doesn't always have to be a long time, but also can you can you gift yourself that time can you understand that it's not really a luxury it's actually an a pretty essential part of being in your body understanding your own sexual energy um keeping that that muscle of of running eros in your body and and all the benefits rejuvenation and and better health and uh, more aliveness yeah um yeah um so how do you think how do you think this affects our bodies our minds our emotions how does it how does it benefit those those parts of us would you say mm -hmm. yeah 
So the benefit on our mind is that it gets a break. If we really are truly in self-pleasuring and touching our bodies, we are not in our minds or we're at least trying not to be. Maybe we, we get distracted, but we keep coming back to the body. Right. And this creates a greater balance in us as human beings because many people are overly identified with themselves as being the mind, being the thoughts in their heads. Right. And it has a, a, an effect of down-regulating the nervous system, flooding us with certain chemicals, all of which actually are amazing for stress relief, which you know most people could do with, um, to, to have a rest from the mind, to, to feel that emptiness that comes from um, just being with the sensations in your body. So I would say it's good because the mind gets a rest. It brings greater balance between mind and body, but also it floods the brain with chemicals and things that actually help the brain to relax and de-stress. Yeah. If, as far as the emotions go, and this is one thing when teaching self-pleasuring that I'm always saying is it may not always be pleasurable. Hmm. So when we go to our body, you know, quite often we might feel anger. We might feel sadness. Uh, and we have to understand that that's normal. So these kind of emotions, so if we truly with our own body, we are likely to feel our emotions. So we might actually want to cry a little and, and then return to pleasure. We might actually want to get up and bash some pillows and let go of some rage and, and then go back to some pleasure yeah. or not. So it gives the emotions a time to come forward. Yeah. The emotions that are actually most of the time squashed down beneath our conscious awareness we're holding them down and when we come to the body it's harder to ignore them and that's actually one of the main reasons why some people avoid self-pleasuring mm. because they know if they do with real presence they're going to feel a lot of stuff they don't want to feel right so it gives us greater access to the emotional body but also it helps us to move and clear that emotional energy mm. and the very nature of emotional energy in the body and how body armoring works is that the genitals is one of the places where most or a lot of this unexpressed emotion gets held around the base around the perineum around the anus around the genitals mm -hmm. so it has a positive effect on our emotional um, body and if we look to, for me anyway, the dimension of what does it do for my soul? For me, sexual energy is one of the ways of journeying or is of experiencing trance energy, is of connecting to source. Mm. And so for me, if you're able to self-pleasure in a way that also allows you to, and that's why it can be great to learn how to use different types of breath in order to help you change your state of consciousness within self-pleasuring to make it a bit of a, um a journey as well so for me there's a lot of connection to soul to source to nature um that is a benefit if i can give myself the time to um explore self-pleasure in that way because again in the modern world we are very connected to the mind the personality and for many of us the connection to the soul um, whether you believe in a soul or whether it's essence or the universe or spirit doesn't really matter like each of us know there's there's something else to us that m most of us have lost a connection to right. and you know conscious self-love can bring back that connection and can help us to nurture it um yeah i'm remembering my my beginning of my journey into self-pleasuring and i remember that one of the things that came up in me was boredom I got super bored and very impatient and and it was just like forget it and put on a Netflix movie, you know. Um, and I, I imagine that that's very common for people that begin in this journey. Extremely common, like extremely common. I, you know, <laughs> with many individuals, many groups where we're working with it's it's possibly the most the biggest barrier too, um, and. Again, I sometimes like to ask the question, if you find your body boring and not interesting and not sensual, why would anyone else find your body in interesting and sexual? You know, if we can flip the thought of like, 
So I'm kind of wanting maybe to engage with others and to be a sexual being, but, but actually I don't believe that I am. Mm. I can't connect to it. So, but on a practical level, there's many reasons why we experience boredom. One is we cannot feel most of us. When we begin to self-pleasure, we actually do not know. We're not wired to feel the touch in a direct way that is not related to some external stimulus. So if I'm with a lover, their turn on turns me on. If I'm watching imagery or pornography, it turns me on. So most people are working on this indirect pleasure, the arousal that comes from a head turn on. So when we start to touch our bodies, it's like, I can't feel anything. Mm. Um, if I don't use fantasy, I, I don't get aroused. Mm. So it's learning how to feel to resensitize your body. And this is where, right. again, the uh, orgasmic yoga and different ways of mindful self-pleasuring, working with somatics helps to, to reprogram us to be able to feel ourselves. Mm. Um, but wow. boredom, can, boredom can also be the, the camouflage for shame. So often we can feel boredom and actually if we feel underneath it, there's actually a shame that's there that we still feel connected with self-pleasuring from deep, deep, deep cultural, religious, religious conditioning that we think maybe we're, we're past that, but actually it can still come up. Mm -hmm. Um, so shame and also shame that shame that I have to be pleasuring myself. That can be a big one for people. Well, this is sad. I'm here having to be, you know, somebody else should want to pleasure me. So if there's a loneliness, then self-pleasuring can really hit on that. So boredom can be about wanting to avoid the emotions, like some part of us is touching ourselves. And we know, like, if I, if I touch this part of myself, I know I'm just going to want to, I'm going to be in rage. So therefore I, I stop myself mm. and distraction is also similar to that. You know, right. suddenly I need to do my accounts. I haven't done them for a year, but in this moment, <laughs> I need to get up and do my accounts, you know. Um, right. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, so do, do all of these principles, they apply both to men and women, would you say? Yes. I mean, um, so first of all, I think, you know, um, we're first and foremost human beings, you know, and um, I like to see the world um, through the lens of more than two genders and that there's, you know, there's people who identify as men and women and male and female, and there's a whole spectrum in between. Right. And, and that relates to like what our physical form is, what our, how we feel in our gender, right across to the fact of genitals being a spectrum from what we think of as a lingam or a cock to a yoni or a vulva, there's like a whole spread of, you know, intersex and, and focus on different ways. So really, first and foremost, we're, we're human beings, but there are some differences in the physiology. There are some differences in the hormones. There's some differences in the conditioning that, that, that people are exposed to in society, deciding you're a female and you're a male or you're a non-binary person. Um, and so historically, there was a lot of um, talk in sexuality about understanding the differences in, in, in these bodies. And there were certain places on people with a typical um, yoni as genitals that maybe are more arousing, like what they call primary arousal areas. So for example, in the upper chest and the neck and the, the upper belly mm -hmm. and the lower thighs. Now it's not true for everyone. Obviously this is a big generalization. Right. And for those in who identify the cock, but also they could have a, a cock and identify as female. But if we're talking about someone who's a male with a cock, then often their primary areas of stimulation actually are the genitals. They are the upper thighs, the lower belly. So there are some differences in those bodies, but it's not true for everyone. Also, the way that um, orgasm works, one thing, 
but the way that ejaculation works in in a more male and female body is also different with regards to the energy with regards to the energy slump afterwards with regards mm. to what some people I had many clients come to me say you know I have an addiction to ejaculation I don't like to call it that but that's what they would call it or an addiction to pornography so there's habits that we can learn and um they are there are slightly different things that are more common in those two different forms um but at the base of it all i find there's more more commonality than difference and for most people it comes down to like paying attention to my body slowing down you know not demanding my body giving love to my body rather than taking from my body and mm -hmm. um, not chasing an orgasm learning to involve my whole body you know learning to come away from fantasy or pornography if i need that as a stimulation and that can be a journey to you know disconnect from the need for that mm -hmm. um so yeah there are some differences but actually there's a lot more things that are similar right. or the same right right you touched on this a bit earlier but um when we connect more to ourselves how does that really um how does that affect our lovers our relationships if we can go a little deeper into that i think this is so important yeah so it goes back to this thing of why am i engaging with someone am i engaging with someone because i want to share my body with their body and exchange touch and exchange expression and exchange pleasure mm -hmm. or am i engaging with someone because i need them to give me pleasure to give me orgasm so right. if we are not able to connect our own body if we're not able to give ourselves like my dear dear friend and it's colleague Gloria Handlers and I always like say you know you sh everyone should have one experience in their life where the best sex you ever had was with yourself right because until you can actually see that the full spectrum of you know expanded intense sexual pleasure is possible on your own somehow there's a belief running that you need someone else to give that to you mm -hmm. so first of all it makes you less needy it makes you better at communicating now you also have to learn to be able to say no to things which is a whole other journey <laughs> and to be able to ask for what you want and be able to right. set your boundaries you know so self-pleasure alone is not going to do all of those things yeah. um but it gives you a greater understanding of your body and it also it, it brings self-responsibility and that takes the pressure off the partner feeling like we are the one that has to we're responsible for someone else's pleasure right in saying that what i noticed in people who are more into self-pleasure and very advanced that can become the shadow where actually people can become like hyper independent and, and hyper self-sufficient mm -hmm. and you know um and actually sometimes quite selfish on the other end of the spectrum so it's also like where can i not go into some distortion and where can i still acknowledge that there are still things that are beautiful to allow myself to give and receive right. and exchange with someone else so this this answers one of our questions by Iran, who says, uh, please ask, not what can I do for myself? Ask yourself, what can I do for my loved ones? Give the pleasure, don't take it for yourself only. It's egoistical. So I guess that, that kind of answers that too. Mm, absolutely. I mean, there's a truth in that, in that you know, many of us have been trained to actually take when we engage sexually for ourselves out of consent, you know, and, and there's two people, essentially, sometimes my experience of sex in the past was, was almost like mutual masturbation. So almost like I might as well be on my own because I'm rubbing my body against someone else to get what I want and they're doing the same, you know, and so right. the extreme selfishness, but equally, I would say that a caution in that sharing that people can also become very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Like there's a moralistic saintliness that sometimes we can also fall into where we feel like everything we have to do is for someone else. And right. one of the beliefs 
that's important to get over with self-pleasuring is that actually it is not selfish actually to also want to receive um, pleasure. But of course, if all you're ever doing is taking it from other people, then that's that's a distortion in that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So how how do we change all this? How I have all my habits and everyone has all their habits. Now what? How do I change my hab my bad habits and transform them into something more healthy? Yeah. First of all, it is possible. I know from my own journey and from many, many people that I work with, it is possible for everyone. For some people, it's easy. And for many people, it takes a little bit of dedication, practice and um, belief. So one of the systems that I work with a lot is something called orgasmic yoga which actually is, uh, was taught to me by Joseph Kramer, who's the founder of Sexological Bodywork, and he was one of my teachers. And it's a way of saying, hey, we need to actually develop a practice. We need to develop a practice that changes our patterns. So it's a very, um, a very comprehensive way of learning how to breathe and how to touch yourself and how to do different types of self-pleasure. Sometimes it's dancing, sometimes it's loving, sometimes it's, you know, wild. Um, learning how to up and down regulate your pleasure and learning how not to chase orgasms. So I will share in the group um, after I have like a handout on on like how to how to teach yourself self-pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's like gives you all the breaths, it gives you all the things to touch, it tells you, you know, how to learn to touch the rest of your body. That's one way. And if you do that for 21 days or 28 days, you will find a difference in your capacity, mm. you know? So that's, that's one way. The other thing to be aware of is that there are reasons why, as I said earlier, we say no to pleasure and how do we actually shift our capacity for, for um, pleasure involves a few things outside of that. And one is, increasing our capacity to hold sensation. Mm. So, you know, many of us, as you were saying earlier, you know, have this cutoff, like because sensation and excitement and arousal in the body is quite similar to fear. So sometimes the body gets, you know, shut down because it has a fear of this energy. So one of the other things this practice does is allows you to expand your capacity to hold sensation. Mm we need to face our fears we need to have some courage because probably our old emotional shit and stuff from our body is going to come up from the past and we're going to have to meet it and, and move through it in order to get to the other side um and one of the biggest things is we need to learn authenticity we need to understand what actually turns us on because most people don't actually know Right. Because a lot of the sex they have is to please other people or because it's what they think they're meant to do. So there's a journey in exploring and self-pleasure also allows you to learn this. Actually, what is my turn on? And actually, I did a, another podcast, which I can share in the script if you want, around two things that help you understand that. One is working with what's called the core erotic theme, which is the work of a guy called Jack Moran. And it helps us to understand is my turn on um is one called violating prohibitions right so am i someone who gets turned on by naughtiness there's one that's longing and anticipation am i someone who gets turned on by the idea right. um there's the different ways of, I would love of to see that. styles yeah. and the other the other piece is a, a piece around what's called the three sexual styles and this looks at this is a work by david snark and it looks at it am I someone who likes sexual trance? Am I someone who that turns me on? Or am I someone who wants partner connection? Mm. Or am I someone who wants and likes role play? So mm. under starting to understand these different styles helps us to, to be authentic in our turn on. Um, and we're more likely to be turned on if it's authentic. Mm. And also it helps us to, to look at what happens when I get with a partner, because a classic one is, I like sexual trance, so I engage sexually and I flow off into the, the stars. My partner wants 
intimacy and connection and and they're looking at me and I've gone and they feel abandoned. Right. So there's all these kind of like weird dynamics that come up in relating right. when we don't understand our sexual styles. So there's many things you can do um, to to change the habit. But I would say go slowly, be gentle with yourself, understand that you're going to fall off the horse, you know. And um, part of my own journey was saying, I will never again masturbate, you know, in a way that is not honoring. And of course, I have done many times, <laughs> but it's remembering just to come back to, OK, um, yeah. what is what is actually the most nurturing for my body? Mm. What is actually the most loving? Um, and it may be that sometimes you still fall into those like a quickie masturbation for stress relief. And that's not a bad thing. Right. But if that's the only way you can self-pleasure and you have no access to anything else, then right. that that I don't think is is necessarily healthy. Right. Two things come to mind as you're talking. Um, one is directly con concerning the unhealthy um, patterns of the body concerning pornography itself. Like, I feel like that's such a big step in trying to disconnect from and starting to reconnect with our bodies. And I had a thought about toys, accessories. Mm -hmm. You know, is that something yeah. that would um, support self-pleasuring or is it something that we want to disconnect from as well? Like, I would say for sure the vibration of a vibrator, that's something that's very you know, mechanical and maybe more crystals and wands and things like that would be, that be something that would really um, allow people to explore themselves more. Mm. So firstly, coming to pornography, when I was speaking earlier about direct pleasure and indirect pleasure, so understanding that sometimes looking at my partner and getting turned on by their turn on is as disconnected as watching pornography and getting turned on mm. or thinking a fantasy in my head. That was my big thing was I had all these different fantasies that could pull them out. Some were quick, some were slow. You know, all of these things are, are, are indirect pleasure. So many of us are wired for that. And um, there's a number of ways you can work with mindful self-pleasuring and orgasmic yoga where you actually say, okay, I find it hard to get turned on when I'm not somehow stimulated so what i do is i allow myself to look at or to think of something for one or two minutes then i close that down and i come to the body and i take that arousal that's come in the body and i learn how to keep that going and move it and be with it and then maybe the arousal drops and Joseph used to call this 1000 crossings. So therefore I go back and I allow myself to think of the fantasy or, and I can over time wean myself away from the need to have external mm. um, stimulation. Mm. And that's not to say that sometimes pornography is fun. Sometimes fantasy is fun. So it's not that I'm judging them as bad, but if you cannot get aroused without them, then it's it's limiting yourself. Right, so right. that's a way to work with pornography. Mm -hmm. And with regards to toys, it's, it's interesting because I have met and I have experienced sexuality spaces where toys were very shamed. You know, it was like, once you become a self-pleasuring goddess or whatever, you should never need a toy again. And um, shaming of, you know, clitoral stimulation, clitoral orgasm, fibers, whatever. So firstly, to say that if the only way you can experience orgasm or pleasure is with a vibrator or with a dildo or with a wand, that again is limiting right. Right, your experience. So I would say, put them aside for some of the times that you self-pleasure and learn how to self-pleasure without them. And that can sometimes be tricky because we're so used to the intense stimulation, particularly of vibrating um, toys, right. that actually to learn to resensitize ourselves, to be able to touch our clitoris and our G-spot and our, and that's the other thing in orgasmic yoga, those massage strokes that, that that actually awaken and stimulate the genitals in a way that is different from the pattern mm -hmm. of like, I always do this, or I always use a vibrator. So attempt to have times when you touch yourself without that, and you get curious about your G spot, the outside playing with the lips, touching the, the genitals, 
and taking out orgasm and you can I would say it's good to be able to train yourself away from needing them mm. that's not to say that sometimes you might not want to use them once you have the freedom and the, of to use them or not use them and definitely if there was a scale of things then using an internal wand or or an egg or something is likely to maybe be a step in between because the vibration definitely has an effect on um sensitivity although one of my other teachers was um years ago said something about who's a big uh, fan of vibrating toys said you know if it was true that the the vibrators killed the clitoris mine would have been dead years ago you know and this was someone who worked a lot with their sexual energy and pleasure but i know from my own experience it can lead to hypersensitivity it can lead to numbness it very much takes you down this pathway to achieve orgasm quickly and actually often often actually more of the pleasure is to be had between number number four and number seven that most people never spend any time staying in that that state of arousal right and what if that all of that doesn't work for me you know like what if i attempting failing i'm not feeling desire i'm not feeling aroused i'm not feeling pleasure in in the moments that i take all right half an hour myself pleasure but is that taking us back to the boredom so <laughs> sometimes we're closed down in our pleasure in other areas of our lives that mean it's difficult to access our sexual pleasure. And so one of the things I work with in one of the my offerings is called Master Pleasure. I work with levels of pleasure and types of pleasure. And this pleasure model is related to human development. And it starts with safety in the womb. It starts with um, play and games, sensual pleasure, emotional pleasure. So what I've noticed in working with people with pleasure is sometimes it's actually that they are disconnected to the capacity for those pleasures. Mm-hmm. So actually what how, how I work with people is we, we go back to the beginning and we say, okay, firstly, do I feel safe in my body? Can I relax? Because if I can't, it's going to be always hard for me. Right. Do I know how to play and be innocent and be silly? Because right. if I don't, my my sexual expression is going to be hampered. Can I feel pleasure in the mind? Because if I can, and all the time my inner critic is shouting at me, you're not sexy, this is a waste of time, then, right. then how can I experience sexual pleasure? Right. So for me, often it actually comes back to looking at, hey, what is your relationship with pleasure as a bigger subject, not just the sexual pleasure? And often when people unlock these earlier levels then their capacity for um sexual pleasure opens up so if that was if you're asking me the question now and it's like okay what can i do tomorrow i would say forget about sexual pleasure forget about the genitals take yourself and spend half an hour doing something that is pleasurable to you right and notice how that feels because there'll be part of you that will be thinking perhaps i don't deserve this this is a waste of time. That's enough now. Five minutes of that pleasure is enough. And right. then you start to observe the stories that are that are keeping you away from pleasure. Right. right. Can you give us a small outline? Just like, you know, how, how would a self-pleasure session look like? So absolutely. So this document that I will share with you to post in the group actually has an outline of some sessions in it. Oh. And you know, you can you can make up your own, but essentially if we're looking at working with this orgasmic yoga way of changing, which is I find is very strong, it requires you to set a time, give yourself a time and stick to that time so that you don't give up if you're bored after five minutes. So commit to the time. Okay. Set an intention. Make sure you're not going to be disturbed create a nice place, whatever that is for you, your environment, your music, your whatever. Most importantly, you have to breathe. 
Mm. You know, so you have to learn how to breathe in order to feel your body, learning how to touch yourself in different ways with different types of pressure, different types of touch, learning how to give loving massage to the genitals in a way that's not demanding an orgasm, um, moving the body. Because one of the things, my pattern and many people I know is particularly when chasing orgasm, you know, often we tense the whole body, particularly if it's a clitoral orgasm or, right. or, or if you're laying in, right? You're like this, you know, you're holding your breath, you're not moving. It's like, <laughs> it's not expansive. Like, so you need to learn how to move your body. And some people are frightened if they move their body, they're gonna lose the pleasure. So the way orgasmic yoga works, it teaches you to build the energy in the sex and then learn how to breathe and spread it. And so you're also then more likely to have body orgasm type of experiences rather than just a genitally focused so the there's a there's a step of an outline of a session in this document there's also a couple of suggestions so there's one that focuses on pleasuring the heart and the genitals there's one that focuses on the pelvic floor muscles um you can do a session where you actually get a great dance track and you self-pleasure standing up you know that can be a really whole different like realm of experience um so yeah there's uh there's there's at least about three or four of different suggestions on the document i'll share with you okay perfect yeah i would love to see it and i will definitely share it in the group um do you feel like sharing something personal? <laughs> I would love to ask you how how often how often do you self pleasure and what what does that look like to you? Yeah. Um, so in, in my definition of self pleasure, I would say I self pleasure every day in some way. So that may not always look like a two hour session, right. but that will. And one of the things, the habits I developed a number of years ago was first thing in the morning, last thing at night, I always touch my heart, my sex, I breathe, I feel into like, okay, is there something there? Is there something, because I, I, I believe my body has lots of messages for me. And once you start listening, you find they come, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe just a little bit of gentle massage and breath and, and going off to sleep and waking up and connecting in with the belly, heart and body. So for me, often that's one thing that I do every day. I also, most days in the shower, I like, you know, as I'm cleaning my body, I connect also with the anus because the anus is another area that's like totally overlooked and disconnected from and is a subject on its own, right. but connecting with energetically, either with um, massaging the anus or even with penetrating the anus, like another really good thing to bring you into your body, downregulate your nervous system. Right. If I wanted to have, or I, and I do sometimes just feel like in the afternoon, like I really want to like love my body, it might involve getting some oil. It would definitely involve playing some music. It would involve most often touching my genitals, but it may not be focused on my genitals, you know, or it may be, um, it nearly always involves like external massage but it may not always involve internal touch if my body actually and this is really important to learn in any body type wherever there's penetration to check in does my body actually want to be penetrated this is one of the ways we can stop abusing our own bodies you know so mm -hmm. it it would definitely sometimes i you know ejaculate i can feel like that's what my body wants to do on that day actually i, I don't i don't want to chase an orgasmic energy i feel like ah oh, my g-spot wants to be held and my body wants to ejaculate and that's that's it um sometimes i use vibrating um toys M most of the time i don't sometimes i use i have a crystal wand yeah. um but i more often don't use something and use something and every now and again of course i am stressed in my mind and i just want to like think of nothing and i go and i just have a you know fantasy filled orgasmic quickie with um yeah with with, with a toy or right. something else so, but it sounds yeah. to me that you almost mostly don't chase the orgasm at all that your self-pleasure routine is mainly just to connect with your body is it did i understand correctly yes i mean i think there's a um, there's a beauty in, in orgasm, but there's also, as I say, I like the feeling of like having the sexual energy running and having it in my body and then, and then going to what I'm going to do in my day, right. um, rather than kind of 
having a peak orgasm. So I might in that I might have so what is an orgasm? I mean, this is a whole other subject. Right. What you define as orgasm. And I so within that self-pleasure experience, I will probably have little orgasmic experiences and energies that will move through my body and may move through my genitals. Mm-hmm. A peak kind of contractive discharge of what we think of as clitoral or, you know, sometimes G-spot orgasm may not be something that I always have, but I but I also at times do, and that feels like the right thing for my body. Right. But it's it's learning whatever body form you're in. The same thing is true if you have a lingam or a cock. It's like, do you always have to discharge and ejaculate? Right. And actually, can you learn? And and so the other thing that that is in this document is, and this I started using a practice of at the end of self pleasuring, doing something called the big draw or clench and hold which is touching your body and fast doing deep breaths and then clenching and holding your whole body and squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And then you let go. And that has a way of discharging the energy and creating orgasmic waves throughout the body Mm. without actually having this peak discharge. Mm. So that can be a great way also to change this pattern of the body saying, Oh, well, let's just, let's just go there. You know, let's just go there. Cause I like it so much. Wow. Amazing. Well, I can see that we've come to the end of our hour. And oh, wow. Wow, yeah. So amazing. So so such a wonderful subject. I'm I'm so grateful for you being here. Um, I think before we go, maybe I'm sure you have lots of things going on in your life right now and many offerings. I would love to hear about them. Mm. Yes, well, I've, the advantage of not having my glasses on is I can't actually see what the time is. I can see you, but I can't see the little, I can't see the little numbers. So it's been very relaxing. Um, so yes, I have a website, um, which I will, I've given you the address for and you can put yeah. underneath. Yeah, I will. Um, there's, I guess there's, there's a, a f- two main things that I spend my time doing a lot of, and one of them is ISTA trainings, which um, I'm involved with, I'm a lead faculty of, and there's a page on my website speaking about the ISTA trainings that I'm hoping to be running in Europe this summer. I hope so too. Uh, Yeah, universe willing. Um, And they are, for those who don't know, for me, it's, it's like the journey that everybody needs to take, whether you're a completely beginner or whether you've been practicing. I agree. Tantra and other things, it's, it's essential life skills. Um, so you can find out about the ISTA trainings there. Um, the other piece that I've been spending, dedicating a lot of time to the last couple of years is this um, journey called Master Your Pleasure, which is also a seven day in-person immersion mm. that I've been running in different places in the world. And lockdown prompted me to create a four day online live session journey. And I've now run two of them and I have a third one coming up in April on the 22nd of April. And this journey is essentially working with this eight level pleasure model. So it's taking you back to the womb, to safety, to play, to sensuality and unlocking the capacity for those pleasures to free up more sexual, spiritual bliss, which are like the the top um, levels of the model. And it's been surprisingly powerful, you know, working with breath work and working with ritual online and um, from people like 23 countries or something, the last trip I did. So it's it's been beautiful. Um, And I may run some of them in person. The last thing to mention, and I think I gave you the link, is since last year i've been saying it was going to be done in january and now it's probably going to be done march to april is i teach a lot orgasmic yoga self-pleasuring at festivals and at different places but i'm going to create a self-study course because people have been asking like an online um you know modular thing that you can do so if people are interested in that then there's a little pre-sign up thing so that when That's i for get men and women right yep Yep, that's for everyone. Um, and it will be it will be videos. I mean, I've I'm share the document with you and I'm happy for people to take it. But if they want more like video and information and, and practices and guided guided sessions, then mm-hmm. um, then that will be part of that. So um, and that's 
that's, I think, enough, given that, um, you know, yeah. the last 12 months has been uh, uh, I know. Yeah. A, a, an unusual space to be in. Yeah. In the world. And also, I, um, I'm, I do a few different festivals, like there's nearly always ISTA festivals running, but there's also this Evolve Fest, which I just got invited to a couple of days ago, which I'm going to be in in March, yeah. which I'm curious about because it's about relating and different types of relating. So, yeah. yeah, if people are interested in that, I'll be there talking about the title of my session is um, Who Am I Without You? And it's actually, who am I without you? So it's going to be like, without my family constellation, my siblings, my parents, my partners, like, who am I? And how can I understand all the telepathic agreements and contracts that I'm running that are, that are stopping me from, you know, really being myself. Beautiful. Well, I will be there. <laughs> I will be there. Mm -hmm. and um yeah i guess i just want to thank you again for being here it was very honoring thank you, mm. thank you to all our viewers um let me just check if there's any other questions mm, no we're good we're good yeah amazing thank you for the invite and it was lovely to um yeah speak with you and to feel connected to Kobanyang <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the tropicalness and um yeah and wishing you well with um thank you so much with this venture because yeah the world is now going to be continue to be a virtual space and so these types of offerings are really important and people who've never been able to access the kind of information that um you had to go to an in-person event yeah. is now available and i i'm i'm a huge fan of that so it's been Me an too. honor it's been my goal is really to mm. be able to spread this these wisdoms to people that are stuck at home especially right now yeah thank you you're welcome thank you all for joining us and um yeah i will keep an eye on the thread and the thing and if people have some questions and i can answer them i will do and yeah okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone.